Hello, Tome Show listeners. This is your Tome editor, Sam Dillon, and I am here to bring you exclusive Gen Con D&D audio. This is coming to you, just like in previous years, unedited and uncut. We hope you enjoy it, and if you like the show, please visit our Tome Show sponsor, Noble Knight Games, where Out of Print is available again. And if you visit their site, please tell them that the Tome Show sent you. All right, so, uh, welcome. I'm Wolfgang Bauer. I am the publisher at Cobalt Press, and this is the What's New for 5th Edition panel. Um, What's new for 5th Edition from Cobalt Press, of course. And I have some pretty good announcements on that front. So I'm going to speak to what our plans are um, and what's upcoming from us. Uh, Then I will also have a few questions for the audience because, well, you know, 5th edition is still kind of new and publishers are figuring it out. Um, But first, announcements. I'm happy to say that this morning, Cobalt Press launched its first 5th edition product since Horde of the Dragon Queen and Rise of Tiamat. Uh, We have one, two, two 5th edition books on sale at the Gen Con booth. Uh, One of them is called Southland's Heroes. It's new races and new backgrounds uh, to play gnolls or wasp folk, uh, Asimar, lizard folk, um, I know I'm missing one, minotaurs. Um, And the other is an adventure uh, written by, hey, yours truly, this is the adventure I playtested down at the North Texas RPG Con. Uh, and let me tell you, Texas in June is <laughs> what I was thinking. Uh, I was glad I was indoors and playing D&D because um, <laughs> it's sweltering at that time. We, it's a 5th edition adventure for 3rd level characters called The Raven's Call. And those of you who may have seen the Pathfinder version of this will be happy to know that it's completely rewritten, completely updated... Uh, to be playable for third-level characters in 5th uh, edition rather than first-level characters in Pathfinder. Um, I got to run two tables of the Raven's Call in Texas, and they were a blast. Uh, one of them was a table of six, of which three were the fathers and three were the sons. So they were... Um, it was like a family hour D&D adventure. Uh, the other was a bunch of players who had all been playing 10 or 15 years or more, uh, and all old school gamers. So, um, I won't call them cynical, I'll call them cagey and, <laughs> and, uh, and unlikely to believe my, you know, blandishments as game master saying, oh, come on, you really want to try that. They, uh, they poked everything with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> Uh, whereas the other group, especially the sons half of the table, uh, the youngest player there was 11, and I, I adored having an 11-year-old. He was full of energy, but he also wanted to poke everything with a stick and run out and hit everything, and he was, I was like, yeah, that was pretty much me. I didn't get any better than that till 15 or something. Um, he was having a blast. So uh, a short adventure and an expansion of... Uh, Classes and races are currently available down at the Cobalt Press booth. You'll also find them at the Cobalt Press store, Amazon, drive through all these sorts of places. Um, and we put those together largely so that we'd have something here at Gen Con to support 5th edition because we want to continue supporting it. Um, the other one is a much bigger announcement, 
but we have been working for some months at Cobalt Press to put together a uh, massive expansion of the monster rosters. We think that the original monster manual is terrific. It has a lot of really playable material that people probably haven't gotten through every monster in the book yet. But there's still some areas where we think it's easy to expand. And doing new monsters for 5th edition, especially um, monsters that draw on the Midgard setting from Kobold, monsters that draw on the Southland setting, uh, is something that I've wanted to do for ages. And I sat down with a spreadsheet, oh gosh, this was in the spring, uh, and started counting. How many monsters do we have art for? How many monsters do we have statted up for some other rule system? How many monsters are really any good? How many demon lords do we have that we'd actually like to put out for fifth? And I was pleasantly surprised. Anybody want to take a guess, roughly, how many monsters Cobalt Press has published over the years? We've been in publication for nine years. How many monsters does that equal? Over a hundred? Four thousand five hundred. No, man, 4,500, <laughs> that's painful. Over 200? No, we're over 300 monsters at this point that already exist, have reference art, and they're probably statted up for some other system. Um, but that gives a really good sort of idea of, well, which of those have gotten the most traction from people? Which of those get play? Which of those have people written into their home games? Um, so the plan is... Uh, to call this our Tome of Beasts, to do 300 5th edition monsters for it, and basically to kickstart it the instant there's <laughs> the instant there's a license for it. Um, because something like a hardcover is, is just a huge financial risk if there's no license and, you know, you wind up with... As the publisher, I have to think about the worst case. I don't think it would happen, but, you know... If I kick-started it, and then I got a cease and desist, nobody's happy about that. Not us, not Wizards of the Coast, uh, not the people who are backing it. So, um, I've started commissioning art. I really believe the license is going to happen. Um, we've worked on design. We're into playtest. We're actually kind of far along with this. Um, and I hope that the Tome of Beasts for 5th edition is, is our Kickstarter for this fall. Um, there's going to be a lot more news on that soon. Um, but I figure Gen Con's a good time to tell people about it because people are playing a lot of 5th here. Uh, in addition to that, Cobalt Press material, um, we, of course, continue to talk with our colleagues at Wizards of the Coast. Um, I can neither confirm nor deny, you know, meeting any particular members of their staff here. Um, and I can neither <laughs> confirm nor deny any deals being discussed. Um, when they're ready to announce those things, they will announce those things. Um, I wish it were otherwise, because nothing brings uh, nothing brings listeners to the Tome Show like a bombshell announcement from <laughs> Wizards of the Coast. But that's their announcement to make and not mine. Um, what I can say is, wow, um, I've walked around quite gleeful this Gen Con based on conversations I can't confirm to you now. Um, 
So that's about as far as I can push that NDA, sorry. Um, that's where we're at at the moment. The other plan for 5th edition with Cobalt Press is to, um, is to continue to offer free content. We have a blog. We put a bunch of stuff up there. We just recently put a little mini-adventure up there with a map and said, eh, you know, it's not a big thing, but it's free, and it comes with a map. Um, and if people like them, we will continue to do them. And here's the piece that may interest a few of you. We also don't have a really deep stable of game designers for 5th, whereas we have a really deep stable for Pathfinder. So if you have any interest in writing for the Cobalt Press blog, I would encourage you to look up the writer's guidelines and say, hey, I've got a little mini-encounter. I'd throw that your way. Um, there's a whole separate Cobalt Press panel called Freelancing 101. It's a giant topic, but um, let me just say, whenever there's a new system, it's an opportunity for people to get... Um, publishing credit if that's something of interest to you. So, I said I was going to announce sort of where we're at and where we're headed in the short term, uh, and I also have questions. So, part of my question is, how many of you are currently running a 5th edition game? How many of game masters am I talking to? Oh, at least half. How many of you are currently players? Not quite the other half, it's overlapping quite a bit. And... And then I'm going to need more elaborate answers than raising of hands. I'll continue publishing the things I want to do for 5th, but I always want to hear, would you rather have more adventures? Would you rather have more player material? Knowing that it's semi-official or a long ways out, um, or free content on the blog in a month or two, what would you like to see? Over here. I'd like to see more backgrounds. More backgrounds, yep. We did the Southlands backgrounds for exactly that reason, right? Uh, there's stuff like Temple Slave and Knoll Raider and uh, all the things you'd expect in an Al-Kadim or Egyptian-themed kind of setting. Um, Rich Howard wrote the Southlands Heroes backgrounds, and they're pretty sweet. I think we're going to do more in the backgrounds direction. And I've seen a lot of fan interest around backgrounds as well. Some good, some meh. But yeah, that seems like a good direction to continue to pursue. Other things that are especially top of mind? No? All right, then I'll tell you what I'd like to do. Uh, <laughs> um... The monster book is going to be a huge push, and what I really want to do with part of it is um, is get monsters from people who back it. And we did something like this for the Southlands Bestiary, which was a Pathfinder book, but we said, you know, people out there have cool homebrew monsters that will never see the light of day, and maybe half of the homebrew stuff that was submitted to the Southlands project was like, yeah, that would probably stay a homebrew creature. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it's like, okay, it's a pink bunny. Great. I don't, you know, it's not the sort of monster we want to commission art and do development and edit. But the other half, we handed off to a, a really sharp developer by the name of Jason Nelson, 
he's one of the principals at Legendary Games. They're our booth partner here at the show. Um, I like Jason's work, and he developed the heck out of the, the monsters to make them smooth and playable and ready for playtest. I, I think I want to do something similar for Tome of Beasts, where I throw open the doors a little bit and say, if you have a cool 5th edition monster, write it up and send it in. We used to do these as contests, right? Like uh, Monarch of the Monster Contest is something Cobalt Press does all the time. Uh, and by all the time, I mean at least every other year. Mm-hmm. But uh, we haven't done one in a little while. Um, I think I might want to make it more like the Southlands model, where it's like if you back that Kickstarter, you send in a monster, and, and we basically skim off the top 25%, 30%, 50% of them. Uh, and say, let's publish those. So those of you who raised your hands earlier as Dungeon Masters, how many of you have some homebrew monsters? Is this a crazy idea on my part? One hand. All right, I just changed my mind. I'm not opening the doors for monsters. Um, But you should send me an email, or you should talk to Miranda, the web person, because we'd love to publish some 5th edition creatures, just as fans, right? I mean, at this point, we're still in that era of 5th edition where... Uh, some companies are running ahead with products that are um, compatible to some degree, uh, Goodman Games and Frog God and others, um, and other companies are holding back. Certainly I'd put Cobalt Press in the, in the hanging back camp after Horde of the Dragon Queen and Rise of Tiamat. We haven't had another release. I yeah. So... Um, the other thing I'm debating putting into the Tome of Monsters is maybe more useful. Is anybody here old enough to remember a product called the Book of Lairs? One, two, three, four, five, six. Hey, were those useful to you as Game Masters? Because I thought that was one of the best products from the, totally dating myself, first edition era? Maybe. Yeah, was they were it? useful. Yeah. yeah. I'm debating whether it's sort of as a companion volume to a Tome of Beasts, you should have something like a Tome of Lairs, which comes with maps, and, you know, what do you want to do with your first monster manual? Well, you immediately want to throw some of those, the best ones, into a game. So give me a dragon lair, give me an ogre lair, give me a a demon lair, give me a shrine of snake cultists, whatever. Um, So... Okay, let me see by show of How many Game Masters would love to have, like, you know, two-page layer write-ups with a map that goes straight to your virtual tabletop? Hey, look at all those hands! All right, I'm not doing the open monsters thing. I'm doing layers. Um, my hope with the layers is to actually have, yeah, digital maps that go straight into your favorite projection or printer or printout sheets that you have to tile. I, you know, high-resolution maps would be part of it. But really cool layers would be the other half because, frankly, what that product was, for those who don't know it, was like 60 or 100 mini-adventures, right? Um, each one of them may be a page or two pages featuring a single monster with maybe like a companion animal or a prisoner. <laughs> And it's been a while since I've looked at this product, so I may be off base. But, I mean, it was really just, it wasn't long campaigns. It was more like, hey, these guys have been on the road, and I can tell Frank is kind of fidgety because his barbarian hasn't killed anything in a whole session. 
I wonder if I could throw a layer into there. Um, I thought it was a really useful product. Um, maybe I'll throw the layers part open to backers. I don't know. As you can tell, I'm still thinking about how I would want to do this. Um, the cartography would need to be really sharp uh, and large scale because it would need to print up well. Uh, the file sizes would be crazy. Um, and it would all need to tie back into the new monsters. But I think it's doable. Um, every year I come here, and every year there's a train. <laughs> I have counterspelled the train. All right. Um, so the other part I want to hear from people about 5th edition is uh, kind of a sense of shamelessly selfish, but the project that I am not officially announcing, but that I keep thinking about and people keep asking me about at the booth, is a thing called the 5th edition Midgard campaign setting. The last time I did a campaign setting, it just about broke me. <laughs> there are a huge amount of work. Um, and the Southlands campaign setting is just launching here at the show. So I'm not eager to start another one. But given that all we've got officially right now is the Forgotten Realms, would people have interest in another campaign setting and it wouldn't be Dragonlance and it wouldn't be Ravenloft but it would be Midgard uh, which is well supported now oh, how many people show of hands on that yeah that's ten hands yeah you've already started no we're starving oh you're starving for something like that. yeah there was an unofficial fan conversion of like the Midgard races and classes and stuff um, that we put up on either the blog or Facebook recently. It was like, yeah, look, somebody's messing with this. And it seems useful, but to do an official version of it means more than that, right? A lot of it's done, though, right? A lot of it's done. <laughs> yeah, that's what I tell myself every time, right? Oh, I can reuse all that art. No, I'm not going to reuse the art. Oh, I can reuse that text. I should probably rewrite the text. So all of these compendium products that I've done over years, I always think, I'm just going to take all those spells that we've done over the many years and call it deep magic, and it will require hardly any work at all. <laughs> it never works out that way. But, but on the plus side, a foundation's been laid, right? And there's four or five years of products um, supporting Midgard, all of which could, in theory, be updated or revised or expanded on or put a, given a new spin. So that's why Raven's Call for 5th Edition exists, right? Um, like, well, which one do we want to convert? Uh, I'll convert one of mine because I'm the publisher. All right. Um, and because it's a good intro adventure. Let's not convert the 12th to 15th level epic fantasy right out the gate. We'll save that one. Um... Yeah, I, I get the sense that actually the 5th edition pace for adventures and campaigns and stories is pretty good. I, I'm still hearing from people who are like, yeah, we're still working our way through Rise of Tiamat, we're almost done. Uh, and I hear people say, yeah, we've started Princes, but you know, we're not that far along yet. 
and depending on your group and your your frequency of play um, I know at the start people said there weren't enough products I'm not sure if that's still the case that in terms of actually playing through everything available um, but what I am hearing is people say yeah we love the Forgotten Realms it's great when something else is going to be available just to change it up so uh, I found it very encouraging that people like the idea or some of the people like the idea um, it's probably much further out <laughs> let me say they say that because um, I love the way Southlands turned out but it's a Pathfinder product with a 5th edition sort of supplement so it's playable um, and, and doing another lift like that in the next 12 months is unlikely so alright I'll keep thinking about 5th edition Midgard uh, the old rule of thumb at TSR was refresh campaign settings every 5 years or more um, and I don't know if that, if that rule of thumb was terribly much adhered to uh, but for Midgard, that would mean 2017 5th edition Midgard. In theory. I promise nothing. Announce it next year at Gen Con. Yeah, announce it next year at Gen Con when I've actually like done the math and done some homework and lined up an editor and uh, thought about what it would take to really make it stand out from the prior version. So are you officially announcing the announcement? I'm pre-announcing <laughs> the announcement of the announcement. All right. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Uh, yeah, later online I'll, I'll hear, but you promised at Gen Con. <laughs> That's why I usually regret opening my mouth on these topics that I'm like, I'm really just thinking about it and I don't know. Um, but if I don't ask anybody, then I don't get a sense of, yeah, that's really interesting or, yeah, not so much, right? Um, but, yeah, and it's hard to have those conversations at the booth. I love the dealer hall. I love showing off the new stuff. But it's loud and busy, and people want to buy books. So it, it, I like coming to seminars. And, and what about Midgard versus Freebot's booth? Just setting. Like, what was the deal for Freebot? Yes. Um, just a sort of companion volume. You know, I think I can announce that we're working on that. So a pure, like, backgrounds and races, if you want to play your Cobalts or your Gearforged or your, you know, uh, ghoul characters in Midgard, uh, yeah, I think you should expect to see something like that by the end of the year. And if you put that next to a Midgard core book, then you're pretty much ready to I say, players, do this. Um, yeah, we've gotten pretty far with it. The backgrounds aren't baked yet um, we've been putting most of our playtest into races and um, yeah into races because we want the kobolds to be good but not you know <laughs> um, and likewise having a, a, a good construct race like the Gearforged seems good but then there's this Eberron thing over there and they did it first right so um it seems silly to rebuild the wheel um, if Eberron is going to come do it themselves. Um, yeah. I 
think if I were going to name that product, I would probably name it similar to Southlands Heroes. Probably would be called Midgard Heroes. Expect it to be out in time for Christmas in PDF and maybe print. Which reminds me, how many of you actually care about print books? How many of you prefer PDF? I saw a lot of, eh, sort of, kind of. Oh. I was going to say, both, both, both is good. How many both prefer both? Both, both. Okay, that's everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's true. When I'm coming to the show, I really don't want to pack every print book I have. I'd rather pack the tablet. Yeah, I... Tablet's good for quick reference. Book is just good to have as a tangible. Yeah, I mean, when I'm reading the whole thing and trying to get inspired and I'm on the couch at home, I might want paper. Yeah, the book is better. But on yeah, the road... Searchability is huge. The art's a little better in the book. Yeah, I find I flip and browse more in a book. I have trouble browsing PDFs. Maybe I need a new tablet. I don't well, PDFs usually go specific. Yeah, right? yeah I need you this need thing. This. You search it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and we do hyperlink and bookmark anything of any length at all. The yeah, that would, that's good. My art director recently came back at me and said, this is a one-page PDF. Do you want it bookmarked? <laughs> <laughs> no, that'll be okay. <laughs> um, but anything over, like, four pages, it seems like you could, you could bookmark and hyperlink it. Yeah. Um, that is that. I can't tell you about um, the other thing that we're sort of planning for 5th edition is we are indeed going to do some kind of contest and the web editor wants to do another monster contest and I've said no Miranda we can't do that because we do monster contests all the time um, I am currently debating between two things I'm debating between let's do backgrounds because we've never done them and they're sort of a 5th edition thing and, hey, let's do spells, because we did a spells contest before the Deep Magic Kickstarter, and the winner of that contest, Jeff Lee, was one of, and remains, one of our most prolific magic-oriented game designers. Um, he's done a bunch of demon cult stuff for us, too. So, how many of you would rather design a spell for a contest, or get a bunch of free spells that other fans have generated for 5th edition as part of a contest? How many of you would rather have a bunch more backgrounds? Okay, see, I can take that back to Miranda, and I can say, I don't know, man, I asked, you know, 30 random people in a seminar, and they said backgrounds. I think they're more useful in some ways, but... We've heard a lot of spells. But we have... A handful of backgrounds. It's true. Mm -hmm. And backgrounds are tougher, though. I think the judging on backgrounds would be interesting, too, it's right? Subjective. Yeah, it's like, well, do you really think that works? It seems really narrow. Well, no, that's exactly what I want. Yeah, right. So make the judges argue and fight about it. That would be fine. Ideally online and, you know, with some low blows. How could you even like that thing? Yeah, that's what I want to hear from my judges. <laughs> well, I know Steve Winter would be on my list for judges, and so would Miranda. And maybe, anyway, yeah, i got to build that list next. Um our general style of doing these contests, for those who don't know, is everybody can just send us their submission, 
the judges try and pick a top six or a top five or a top ten, depending on how many entries we get, and it goes out for a public vote. There are times where the public vote works really well, and there are times where the public vote is like somebody is trying to game the system, where <laughs> there's clearly ballot stuffing from this one IP address, which we try to deal with when we can. Um, but even in those cases, we, we're usually pretty happy with the people who win these contests, and they turn into freelancers for Cobalt Press. Uh, at least the writers do. I don't know why the art contest and the map contests didn't work as well. Um, let me ask you the other question um, that comes out of the layers discussion. So virtual tabletop maps. How many of you are using a virtual tabletop for your 5th edition game? Okay. Just barely. Just barely. How many of you want a big printed battle map that you don't have to draw by hand? Yeah, maybe. Not a super strong read one way or the other. Okay. Because um, one of the things I've noticed about 5th edition is that I run it in Theater of the Mind way more than prior editions. Um, like that playtest I was talking about in Texas, I thought about bringing maps, and I did bring sort of general no squares on them kind of maps. But when it got time to get tactical, I said, you know, I've only got a four-hour slot, and I would like to sleep. So, no, we're going to speed it up by ditching the minis. And I thought I was going to get a lot of pushback from people. Um, and I didn't. I really didn't. A lot of people were like, that's fine. Can you show us that overview map again? Sure. Um, and I remember I did a lot of that in second edition because it didn't seem like the minis, what you gained from the effort was necessarily worth it. So I was like, okay, we'll do it for boss fights, but we're not going not gonna to haul it out for every <coughs> goblin on the road. Um, so my question on this is pretty obvious. How many of you are running your 5th edition with minis or are playing in a 5th edition game that uses miniatures? Some of the time, occasionally. And how many of you are just doing theater of the mind, no minis, no map? Okay. So minis still win by about two-thirds to one-third, but it's probably a higher proportion of, yeah, we're not doing the minis this time. Okay, uh, that's been me blathering on for a while. What do you want to know about 5th edition plans from Cobalt Press that I have not told you already? This might be a very short panel. Uh, down in front. Uh, so why are you willing to take the risk on the products that you've already published for 5th edition, but you're not willing to take the risk on the other one until there's a license? Uh, it's primarily financial. I, if I get a cease and desist for Southland's Heroes, I, it's a 24-page book, right? And I have not invested hours of labor the way I would in, well, not hours, thousands of hours of mine and other people's work and a giant print bill the way I would for a hardcover like a monster book. Um, and so it's just risk-reward. I mean, I think a little adventure, like a 24-page Raven's Call for 5th edition, I mean, if I have to yank it, I will. Um, but it's a way for me to dip a toe in the water. Um, I see people like Goodman and Frog God and others. Put and Sasquatch just announced Primeval Fool, right? And I'm really excited because Primeval Thule is really cool. And now they're doing it with 5th edition support. And, you know, come on, Rich Baker, Dave Noonan, these guys are going to do fine by that rule set. 
Um, and so it's like, well, a lot of companies have ventured out onto that limb and they're doing it for a hardcover, right? Or, or in some way, Primeval Fool's a meaty book. I'm not sure how they're delivering it. I'm willing to go out to the extent of two supplements, one of which is an intro to the Midgard setting. And I think it's important to say, hey, Midgard may be on a path toward more 5th edition support. Uh, and the other one of which is, well, we have this beautiful Southlands campaign setting. Wouldn't you like to have heroic backgrounds and play a knoll or play lizard folk and, and have those options um, as well? I, I hope I don't get a nasty gram. So far, it seems to be... I don't know if they're turning a blind eye or if they're just still working on the license and the moment an OGL appears and an SRD, uh, all those publishers will switch over to to an official license. But yeah, there is a sort of gray zone here. I'm not really thrilled about it, honestly. I, I would... I believed them when they said there was going to be a license early in 2015. Well, I think early's over. And I just talked to Mike about it. Ah, I'll be interested to hear what his answer was. I suspect his answer is, we're still working on it, but, um, and I believe him. It's just he's not the only one who gets a say about it, and when it gets released, yeah. So, anyway, great question. Um, uh, this is basically a toe-in-the-water kind of moment, but if I'm going to put tens of thousands of dollars into a print run, and not to mention an art budget that a monster book commands, um, I, I want to feel more confident before before risking the company essentially on that kind of deal. Uh, on this sort of unofficial thing, no, if there is. Yeah. When you oh yeah. Yeah. No. If there's just looking for, uh, for people who buy it. Well, I don't think there's any lack of people who would buy it, right? I mean, there's there's an audience for fifth edition that's big. Um, I don't know what printing the player's handbook is in now, but it's multiple printings. Um, and frankly, I just like the game, right? <laughs> Uh, the the nice thing about a small company is you you can just support the things that you're enjoying, um, but yeah, having that sort of legal cover of a license would make a huge difference. And then I'd say, okay, well, I was planning to do X, Y, and Z. Let's do all three instead of let's just try one as a test. Um, yeah, there are other companies who are way out in front on their fifth edition support, <coughs> partly. I feel that because Cobalt Press published, or didn't publish, but did the studio work on on two official adventures, I, I just would rather wait for the license and so far as I can. If you've heard anything about it, by the way, let me fill me in. In the back. If you did publish a uh, monster book, would you consider releasing any digital tabletop assets of yes. those monsters? Yeah, you know, our policy so far has been um, release most of those assets with uh, Hero Lab. Um, so the Pathfinder kind of files go through Hero Lab. Um, 
we've just recently announced a partnership with D20 Pro. Um, so we will be releasing uh, Cobalt Press, Monsters, Adventures, other assets through D20 Pro. Um, and the hard part for us is it's not a skill we have in-house. We basically need to partner up with somebody on all of those things. Um, and getting the, the quality of those files high enough that you know people don't scratch their heads and say, it, it crashed, it doesn't match the book, it doesn't follow whatever, or you know these counters and maps aren't quite up to par for the resolution I've got on my giant projection. Well, we don't want to disappoint people with the di digital things because we generally want to release those assets as... <coughs> Um, paid assets, frankly, right? We do some as freebies, but like Hero Lab, you're paying for a set of data files. D20 Pro, you're paying for materials. Um, we used to do free community-supported stuff, and the reason we stopped is they were so... There was no QA on them, we were still expected to do full tech support for them. And people complained about the quality because it was volunteer. And then they would complain about the gaps, right? It's like, you've done this, this, this. Why haven't you done that? Well, because the volunteer doesn't like that book, right? Or because nobody's picked it up to do that. So whereas if we do paid products, we can say, we're going to cover it all. We're going to support it. If there's a problem, we're going to have resources to fix it. So... Yeah, if we do digital assets, we're going to do them right. Um, and my plan is that we are going to do them, especially for a monster book where, yeah, people like having the art in some form that prints up easy. Any plans to work with Roll20's Marketplace at all? Yeah, Roll20 said something cool at the Ennies last year or the year before, and I put it in my list of things to do, talk to Roll20. Um haven't talked to them yet. <laughs> the reality of a small publisher is I just, every partner I work with takes some of my time and I want to work with Roll20 and I keep hearing people who are fans but I guess we did a deal with Hero Lab first so we're more with them and um, I expect after the Ennies tomorrow night I will once again put into my day planner talk to Roll20 no, this year for sure, um, because they have a great product, and I actually backed their Kickstarter back when, uh, and I'd like to see Cobalt Assets available there. Yeah. More of a comment, so I'm just going to ramble at you for a minute. Um, okay, ramble at uh, me. Relative to what you said just before you opened up for questions about maps, uh, trying to work out my own, you know, Perfectly unartistic skills and all that, you know, to deal with that uh, perfectionist curve. Like running through the end of Horde of the Dragon Queen, the uh, thing that actually became most useful to me right. uh, was that the artists were able to, you know, sell through, I forget, I think it's Big Cartel or whatever. Yeah, they you know, image files of the maps, both gridded and ungridded. I think the, the release of maps from uh, official Wizards products by the cartographers has been a a genius move, and I don't know if it was an accident of some cartographer just said, hey, can I sell these at Gen Con? Right. 
or or whether it was a planned strategy of, hey, we're going to say, yeah, release those because we don't want to do them as official products, but but there's no reason the cartographer can't sell those. Yeah. Because ultimately I ended up hack-jobbing together, sort of importing the kind of bait system zone-based proximity rules. Uh-huh. Yeah, I could bore you for way too long talking about. But like that, plus here's a printed copy of the map without grid lines so you can plan what you're doing. I know. I, I think that every company is trying to produce digital assets that are useful and affordable and and easy to get um, to enhance people's play. That market is changing so fast, though, and there's a lot of players in it. It's hard to know exactly where to go. But clearly, I mean, this audience at least is looking for some of those and not just printed, printed items. For me, I'm still looking for, like, instead of me hand-drawing the battle map or trying to print it out onto... 16 eight and a half by 11 sheets I'd love to just unroll one big map um, but that's not always practical for you know a small adventure with a tiny print run and are people willing to pay an extra 10 or 20 bucks for it to get it as a print piece in a tube mailed to Australia yeah probably not so um, so that's probably why some maps just appear in digital digital form and it's like do what you want with it um, and others show up as really high quality prints yeah one or two more but I need more cartographers is there a chance thinking about print on demand sure print on demand for small adventures seems like a good way to go to gauge interest um Cobalt Press has done a lot of its smaller modules and supplements as print-on-demand, um, and we'll continue to do that, right? For hardcovers and for bigger books, the quality issue is is there, and we want to be able to do a real binding or bind in a map or a bookmark or or just have it on better paper, um, and that, that generally means we don't do print-on-demand for the, the higher-end stuff. But yeah, uh, adventures and short stuff, it seems to be the way the industry's headed. So, all right. Well, I made my announcements. I took a ton of questions. Thank you all. I think I'm actually going to call this panel early because um, Gen Con is that way sometimes if there is so much to do and so much to see. I hope to see maybe a few of you down at the Cobalt booth, 2639 in the dealer hall and I will show you what we've released so far and I will wave other things at you um, that are coming down the pike, some previews. But uh, thanks for your interest and it's nice to know 5th edition has a real solid base of support. We're going to keep testing the waters um, until such time as we get a big green light and then expect, uh, expect a really big monster book on our list of things for Christmas. So, Thank you. Thank you for listening, and if you enjoyed the show, please consider using our Amazon and D&D Classics affiliate links found on the show notes at thetomeshow.com. Thanks again, and keep gaming.